But uh, hopefully I can deliver something that will be benef beneficial to you tonight. And um, as Scott read for us, Matthew 7, 24 through 27, I'll read it again for emphasis sake. It says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand, and the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, and beat on that house, and it fell. And great was its fall. So, to be honest with you, one reason I picked this, if you remember in the winter quarter uh, last winter, we were studying parables. I didn't get through them all, and this was one of the next ones in line. So, uh, when I had the opportunity to speak tonight, I thought it would be fitting. So, that's the reason for uh, the sermon. But if you remember going back to that class, we talked about parables, and we talked about the meaning of it in the Greek is like a throwing alongside. So you're basically, you're putting something alongside of something else for the purpose of comparing it or using it for like an analogy to see how it compares. And we said that oftentimes a parable is described as an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And while that covers most of the parables, it doesn't cover every one of them. So it's not as broad of a definition as maybe we sometimes should have. In looking back at our scripture, if you look at Matthew 7 and 24, the very first word there is therefore. And as you've heard it said many times, whenever you see therefore, ask what it's there for. And it's used in the beginning of the phrase, and basically what it's doing is tying what is about to be said to what has already been said. So as we go through the lesson tonight, Instead of kind of, sometimes I do things backwards anyway, but we're starting towards the end and we're going to work back up in the chapter a little bit, but that's just the way it is. Um, but if you think about the passage that, it, that was read, it's definitely a fitting conclusion to the Sermon on the Mount. It could be, but very specifically, it very much ties into the previous verses, which is Matthew uh, 7, 21 through 23. And it says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many other wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. So, in this life, we're all building a spiritual house. We're building one kind or the other. Um, like Jim said this morning, you're Barabbas, I'm Barabbas. Like it or not, we are. Like it or not, you're a builder. You're a builder as you go through this life. And there's only two kinds of builders, the one that builds his house on the rock and the one that builds his house on the sand. And Jeremy was joking this morning. I was waiting to see if he was going to lead it. But when I told him what I was speaking about, he said, there's a kid song that goes along with that. And I said, yeah, we look real funny all sitting up here doing it with the rains come down and the floods came up and all that kind of good stuff. But, you know, it really does send a message. But we are one of those two different kind of builders. But observe carefully what it says in verse 22. 
it says many will say it, that they have done these things. And so the matter that they're considering here is very much a spoken religion. It's just they're saying they did these things. Also, I think a very critical verse here, going back up another verse now in verse 20, therefore by your fruits you will know them. Christ rejected those in, involved in just a spoken religion. And he says, as it says in verse 23, depart from me, you that, ye that work iniquity. So since Christ knows us by our fruits, Matthew 7, 20, and since Christ never knew these spoken of here, it's obvious they were not the type that was producing a good fruit, but only said that they had done these things in the name of Christ and in his authority. It was only a spoken religion. And again, although this point was very clearly set forth by the illustration of the fruit tree, Matthew 7, 17 through 20, and we're not going to read all those, our Lord also, again, drives it home by saying, I never knew you. So Christ has never known or accepted false teachers or one who says he's doing the will of God but doesn't. One who does not submit to the will of God or is building that, that foundation on a rock really has contaminated fruit. So with this thought, these thoughts in mind, let's turn our attention to the chief argument here about the foundation that's being built as we talk about the parable of the wise and the foolish builders. So again, every one of us here tonight is a builder. Like it or not, you're a builder. And the truth is represented by the wise and the foolish man and each of those build a house in the story that we're talking about tonight. The wise man, he chose a proper foundation, and what that is talking about is doing the will of God. He built an enduring house, though the only one that's profitable for life. The foolish man labored to build a house upon the sand. This was done in disobedience to God's word, and his house and his labor was lost. And every one of us is building one of those two type of houses. But also, I think, to really appreciate the, the story and the times, uh, based on some studies I was looking at about Palestine, I think it would help uh, to talk about that a little bit. It says that Palestine is covered with hills and valleys. In the wintertime and early spring, that they have the heavy mountain rains. They come in the streams, the peaceful streams that normally run down the mountain. They said come down at a, at a, as raging streams, basically. What it does is leave a, a sandy deposit in the lowlands, and then you have the, the rock up in the higher lands. So we're all going to build a foundation on, build a foundation in this life, whether we realize it or not. We're going to build a foundation which we will place our soul's destiny. So the sure foundation will stand and all others like built on the sand to crumble. Well, let me back up. Turn to 2 Timothy 2.19. It says, Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands, having this seal. The Lord knows those who are his, and let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. And in 1 Timothy 6.19, which should just be a page or two back in your Bible, 
It says, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. And the only way that we can lay hold on that eternal life is to have a strong foundation. So the wise man built upon a foundation that was founded upon a rock, a firm foundation. But notice what Jesus said was needed to be a wise man. It's two things. It's hearing and it's obeying. And you can't do one without the other. To build a strong foundation for a house, you must follow the directions that are found in a blueprint. It's normally engineered. A foundation is to withstand the load that's going to be put on it. Uh, and to hold the weight of the structure to keep it stable, you leave one part of that foundation out or, or change it, what happens? It's going to crumble, the found, or the house is going to uh, crumble or settle. You're going to have foundation issues. But for a Christian to build a firm foundation, we too must read and follow the blueprints that was designed by Christ, and we can find that in our Bible. The key to building a, found, a firm foundation, as we said, first off, is to hear. And I'm just going to read a couple of verses here that are pretty familiar to us, so we probably don't need to turn there. But Romans 10:17 tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. 2 Timothy 2:15, be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does, does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So no one can know how to build a strong foundation unless one, again, hears and studies the, the blueprint. And if we're not reading and studying the blueprint, by default, we're automatically building a weak foundation instead of a strong one. Again, as Christians, the Word of God, this right here, is our blueprint. So, a little bit better, thank you. So we hear, but we also must obey. Jesus said to hear and to do. Matthew 7, 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. So obey means to do. It means to do the will of the Father. A few examples that we can look at throughout the Bible, and again, most of these stories are familiar to us, so I'll just touch on them. Uh, faithful men of God have always been doers. You go all the way back to the patriarchal age, um, you have Abel. He's a good example, Genesis 4.4. We know that Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel in his offering. He was obedient. He obeyed. In the Mosaic age, King Josiah is a good example, 2 Kings 22.2. It says, and he did what was right in the sight of the Lord and walketh in all the ways of his father David. He did not turn aside to the right hand or to the left hand. And I think that's a very good lesson for each and every one of us today. We're in a Christian walk. We got to walk the straight line. Just like it says here, we can't turn to the right hand. We can't turn to the left hand. And then I think one of the greatest examples and again, a, a, a verse very familiar with us is 2 Timothy 4.7. You know, I think about Paul you know, as he was getting in the situations that he was in, knowing that he would probably die for the faith. Um, 
No greater man that I can see in the Bible other than Jesus Christ himself probably that knew his place with God and was confident about his faith, confident about his salvation. He says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And each and every one of us need to live in such a way that we can say the same thing that Paul says here with confidence. And I skipped a part because it was on the next page of my lesson. So the last part of that verse says, and not to me only, but also to all those who have loved his appearing. So Paul wasn't selfish with it. God's not selfish with it. It's for each and every one of us. Obedience has always been the distinguishing mark of a faithful child of God. Build on a rock. This rock on which we are to build our foundation in the Old Testament is referred to as deity. Let's look at a couple of verses here. Some of these may not be familiar to us. Smitty or Jim might can quote them, but I can tell you I can't. Deuteronomy 32.4. So I got my Bible out tonight to, to preach, and I was sitting there as I was preparing for this, and I said, I'm so used to using my tablet now to where you just say, I want Deuteronomy. You hit it, 32 and 4, and it goes right to it. Kind of gets you out of practice fumbling from cover to cover finding books in the Bible especially in the Old Testament but it says and I think the first part here is very critical he is the rock his work is perfect for all his ways are justice a God of truth and without injustice righteousness and upright is he let's turn over to Isaiah twenty-eight sixteen. Isaiah 28, 16 says, Therefore thus says the Lord, Behold, I lay in Zion a stone for a foundation, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. Whoever believes will not act hastily. And then turning back over to the New Testament, let's look at 1 Corinthians 10. 1 Corinthians 10, uh, beginning in the first verse. Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all of our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea, all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink. Well, they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Interesting verse when you think about it. Jesus Christ had only really been prophesied at that point in time but we know that Jesus Christ was with God in the beginning and it says as they were uh, going through the wilderness there that that rock that that was with them was Jesus Christ and that rock is is with us today as well the New Testament also paints Christ as the rock on which we are to build let's look at again a very familiar verse Matthew 16 13 through 18 Matthew 16, beginning in verse 13, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do man say that I, the son of man, am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? 
Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I know you've heard it said many times because this verse has been taken, or section of scripture has been taken out of context so many times. But the rock that Jesus is talking about when he, he was talking to Peter is the confession that he made that you are the Christ, you are the son of the living God. And unless we have that as our foundation, we have absolutely nothing to stand on. Also, and I'll just read in the next two pretty quickly here, 1 Corinthians 3.11, it says, For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2.20, Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Jesus Christ has to be our chief cornerstone in our foundation. Now, turning to the foolish builder, the foolish man also heard the same truth. He had the same ability and, in, and as far as we know, intelligence to understand, but his foolishness is shown when he does not put that faith into practice. Luke eight twelve says, Some hear, but the devil takes, a, takes the word away. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes, takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 2 says, We must hold fast God's word. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you received, in which you stand, by which you also are saved. If you hold fast that word which I preach to you, unless you believe in vain. And then again, uh, a verse very familiar to us, but let's flip over to James 1.22. James 1, beginning in verse 22, it says, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. It says, For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in the mirror, for he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. And this one will be blessed in what he does. So the foolish man, like many of us sometimes, looks for the easy way out. The foolish man built his house on the sand. Probably a little bit easier on initially to build it. Lower land, soil's not as hard to work with. But the problem was he took the easy way out. He didn't have a firm foundation. And when troubled times came, he lost everything he had. And we as Christians can be in that very same position if we don't follow the blueprint of being both hearers of the word and doers of the word. So again, we're all going to build a type of foundation, either a strong one, a firm one, or a weak one. Firm foundation is the only way that we can follow Jesus Christ and have him as our chief cornerstone. 
So it all comes down to one question tonight. What kind of foundation are you building? And I can't answer that for you. Only you can answer that for yourself. But I ask you as we sing the invitation song here in just a minute to reflect on that. Think in your mind what kind of foundation do you have? And if you need to uh, either become a child of God to be able to build and begin to work on that foundation or something has happened in your life to where you need to Look at the blueprints again and restore your life to put Christ as your chief cornerstone. We ask you to come forward now as we stand and as we sing.